0: This is Dan Miller, and you're listening to Speaking of Products. On this show, I focus on what it takes to start and grow a business around technology products. These days, there are so many fantastic people creating all sorts of wonderful technology products that make our world a better place. For every one of the popular platforms you know and love, there are many more new and lesser known ones on the way. I'm on the journey myself to create a technology product business, and so I've produced this podcast as a way of sharing the ideas strategies and tactics i discover on the way there's always something we can learn from ambitious founders and what they do to get ahead the goals here are to highlight what has worked for the success stories and to uncover what is going on with those hidden gems hi everyone welcome back to speaking of products so what have you been thinking about the uh, interview formats i've been doing recently have you enjoyed them you liked them not so much loved them i've really been enjoying them myself love talking to people about new ideas and new things they've been working on so i think i'll be doing more of those in the future hey today though it's a solo episode i'm going to be having a chat about something which is probably close to all of us actually email so you're probably sitting there now thinking what on earth has email got to do with building products well it comes down to this when you're out there building your products uninterrupted focus time is what you want. Whether you've got your hands on the tools and you're actually building, or if you're focused on marketing, uninterrupted focus time is very, very important to you. Email is the opposite of that. By its very nature, email is an interrupter. Whether it's directly interrupting you with a notification to say, bing, you got mail, or you're sitting there thinking about it in the back of your mind because you've got seven or 800 messages in your inbox and you just don't know what to do with them. Either way, what it's doing is it's taking away your focus from building and working on your product. That is what we're trying to deal with here. So what's your relationship with email? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you spend way too much time on it? Does it distract you? Or are you on top of it? Can you handle it? In one of my recent podcast episodes entitled To Chase the Goals, Remove the Distractions, I mentioned how managing my email was a bit of a distraction for me. One of the approaches I decided to take at the time was to get back to inbox zero. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So what is inbox zero? It's a strategy for managing your email that revolves around regularly cleaning out your email account and trying to keep it as near to empty as possible most of the time. The idea is that you treat your email inbox like an airport transit lounge or a small tourist town or the vegetable crisper in your fridge. In other words, it fills up from time to time, but it regularly gets cleared out. You treat those incoming emails as though they were just passing through, and you don't let them build up inside your inbox. At the same time, you also try to limit the amount of email that turns up in the first place. That is, you act like the bouncer at a nightclub and start being picky about who or what you let in. Sorry mate, not wearing the right shoes, can't come in here today. That sort of thing. So where did Inbox Zero come from? Most references on the internet attribute Inbox Zero to a gentleman by the name of Merlin Mann. Merlin is a writer, a blogger, and a podcaster who was highly active in the mid to late 2000s. Merlin came to prominence with his work on the blog 43 Folders, which focused on the topics of finding the time and attention to do your best creative work. Starting in 2006, Merlin wrote a series of articles about Inbox Zero based on an idea of an email demilitarized zone, or DMZ. In 2007, Merlin gave a Google tech talk titled Inbox Zero. And in that, he started explaining what the concept was. In 2009, Merlin also proposed a book by the same name, but he shelved it and ultimately it was never published. The general concept, however, goes way back to when people use physical in-trays in their offices, you know, olden days before computers. These were actually trays, real physical trays that sat on your desk. And new paperwork would be dropped off by someone else in your business, and that when it was in your in-tray, that means you needed to action it. The goal was to get your in-tray empty, meaning that you had finished your paperwork for the time being and could work on other things. Merlin's philosophy was built on the suggestion that there are five possible actions to take when you receive an email. You delete it, you delegate it, you respond to it, you defer it for later, or you do it now. The idea was that You touched an email only once in your inbox and worked on it straight away to get it out of that inbox. For anything that was left over, you created folders on various topics into which you would archive different types of messages, either by sender or by category. The result was an inbox that was cleared out regularly. So why would anyone want to do inbox zero? What's the point? Here's a few reasons. First is improved focus. Having nothing in your inbox means there's nothing left to do in relation to email. By definition, an empty inbox means you have done everything. Having nothing left to do with email means you can focus your attention on other things. Another idea is procrastination prevention. Going through your email is one of those busy things you do in your day but don't really get anywhere in the long run. Doing busy things is a great way to avoid doing more valuable productive things, right? Have you ever had one of those situations when you know you've got something that you need to get done, but you find that you've got to do everything you possibly can to avoid doing it? Maybe cleaning your house, perhaps? I can remember back when I was at uni, man, I used to have the most clean house around exam time because, gosh, I could do anything other than sit down and study for exams. Another reason for people doing Inbox Zero is to clear your mind. Having an endlessly full inbox can leave you with a nagging feeling that there's something you need to do, just something in the background, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Clearing out your inbox and dealing with everything in there frees you of that mental burden. Another reason is just for decluttering. If you're a fan of Marie Kondo, then you'll no doubt revel in the sight of a crisp, clean, tidy email account with no junk lying around. Say thank you to your email messages for all the information they've provided in your life and then kick them to the curb. Another reason, and this is one that I must admit I have suffered from, is that Checking and hoarding your email is an addiction. Let's face it, we humans love things that are relatively easy and make us feel good. We tend to get hooked on them. In other words, addictive substances. Think about people's relationships with things like alcohol, tobacco, sugar, etc. Items like these share the same characteristics. They're relatively easy to consume. They make the people using them feel good. And unfortunately, some people tend to keep using or doing them over time. Checking email and having an overloaded inbox has similar traits to an addictive substance, would you believe it? Most of the time, we like getting emails, right? They tap into our desire to connect with others. For example, emails make us happy knowing that people want to communicate with us. Whether they're personal or work-related, emails give us a sense of being part of something, be it a community or a job. We spend hours each day going back and forth to our inbox to see if anything new has arrived. We have notifications on our devices that give us the jolt of pleasure every time a message comes in. After you get those emails, it's very easy just to leave them in your inbox. You literally have to do nothing. It feels good knowing that those important messages are stored in there and you can come back to them anytime. But that's where the problem starts, right? You quickly end up with 50 or so emails filling up your inbox. They're important messages. I'll just keep them for later, you think to yourself. Next up, you reach a few hundred in there. Oh, well, you say, no big deal. Then it becomes a few thousand emails. Hmm, think I've got a problem here. You start getting anxious about having too many emails. You worry there might be stuff in there that you might've missed or forgotten about or that you think you need to do. You worry you might be ignoring people. However, rather than worry too much, you just think too hard, come back to it later. That's the usual response, right? <laughs> a couple of years ago, there was an episode of a podcast called Reply All. It's by the folks at the Gimlet Media. And they were having a real good laugh at email And that issue I just described there. And they created this national holiday called Email Debt Forgiveness Day. (laughs) Go back and check it out. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's pretty funny. So this cycle of, you know, getting emails in, forgetting about them, just leaving them in your inbox over and over again each day and each month and each year, your inbox is busting at the seams and you know it's a mess, but you can't do anything about it and you just don't care. You're hooked. So what do you think? Is inbox zero the treatment? Addiction is a complicated issue in humans and while there are several treatments available, it's safe to say no one option works for all people all of the time. The same can be said for inbox zero. While some people swear by it, others scoff at the thought of it. Others who have tried it decide that it's too hard. In other words, inbox zero isn't for everyone. In fact, inbox zero seems to be outside the norm. I go so far to say as inbox zero is quite possibly a cult. There's clearly a love-hate relationship with people in relation to Inbox Zero. It's like coriander or cilantro. Either you love it or you hate it. You're the type of person that likes order or chaos. People that like Inbox Zero consider it a way of enlightenment, a major milestone on the way to technology, nirvana, a fist-pumping state of mind. If you don't believe me, man, check out the results of a Google image search. Go to Google and, you know, open up a Google image search and then type in the phrase inbox zero memes see what comes up man there's some crazy pictures there but it just goes to show some people absolutely love it people on the other hand that dislike inbox zero rightly or wrongly point out that it's impossible to reach it's a waste of time it's followed by productivity lunatics that have nothing better to do than waste time on activities that ironically save time if you ever met anyone that has achieved inbox zero and loved it It's likely they'll fill their description with all sorts of superlatives such as, it's amazing, absolutely changed my life, you have to try it. I'm somewhere in the middle myself. I've had a go a few times over the years and I'll talk a little bit about more of that in just a moment. But, you know, I kind of like it and it kind of annoys me. I'll get into that, hey? So what does Inbox Zero look like? It's pretty funny. A lot of the um, companies that do email for you these days, they've tapped into the fact that some people like it a lot. And if you actually get to that point where your inbox is absolutely empty and you've got no messages in there, you'll probably see some sort of cool image or picture in there that talks about, oh, you know, you're all done or all done for the day. Enjoy your empty inbox, relax and enjoy the moment. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. So how do you get to inbox zero? Well, make no mistake, if you are like most people and have a ton of messages in your inbox, Getting to inbox zero is no easy task. You can do it the easy way or the hard way, but both of them will have an impact on you. So with the easy way, you simply archive all your email. Yep, all of it into a folder and then move that folder somewhere else outside of your email account for safekeeping. The reason this approach has an impact on you is it's pretty easy to do, but it brings with it the guilt of basically giving up and ignoring every single message that was in there. Whether you've read it or not, actioned it or not, saved it for later for a specific reason, a few clicks and voila, they're all gone. The hard way involves going through every single email and yes, one by one, all of them, and doing something to get it out of your email account. That something could be deleting it, exporting it to your own preferred file system or archive, copying the contents into an electronic notebook of some sort, or moving it into a task tracking system to work on later. This can take forever to do, but the end result is that you've got peace of mind, that everything has been taken care of, and that you've got nothing left to worry about. I first thought about the concept of a clean email account around the mid-2000s, around the same time that I was reading various personal productivity blogs such as Getting Things Done, 43 Folders, Lifehacker, David C. Back then, I would create little folders to move emails into depending on the most relevant category they seemed to fit. The problem with this is that it didn't really fix the problem of email bloat. You just ended up with an ever increasing set of folders and the amount of emails you had kept growing. Also, there was the problem of finding something. Search capabilities didn't work very well in those days and so your cleanly crafted email folder structure was still basically a black hole. Following that, in the late 2000s, I had my first real attempt at inbox zero. I basically went the nuclear warfare route by getting rid of everything and starting fresh. My approach in those days was to be ruthless with my email by deleting as much as I could as often as I could. As soon as I read something or I replied to some conversation, I would delete the message. You can probably guess how this turned out. Didn't take long before I lost important information and conversations that I needed to go back to. Additionally, it was an exercise in futility. A day or two here of forgetting to delete things and leaving messages around to come back to meant that before too long, I was back where I started. The inbox just kept growing. A few years later, in the early 2010s, I decided to really give Inbox Zero a proper go. I tried to follow the general principles of Merlin Mann's strategy, you know, that is delete, delegate, respond, defer and do. This approach was heavy on delete still, but it had a decent use of folders and it seemed to work for a while. I'd regularly have an empty inbox and I was living the productivity dream, man, seriously, but the dream ended within months yet again. It was the usual story. You know, busy day here and there meant I left a few messages in the inbox. The messages just kept building up. I've concluded that inbox zero is similar to someone quitting cigarettes. You know, you give it a go and then you have a moment of weakness and let one of the messages stay around. Before you know it, another one and then another one, and you're back at 24 a day. One of the issues I decided that contributed to me failing to stick at inbox zero was the method I was using to archive emails into folders. Having to decide which folder to send my emails to in order to get them out of the inbox required too much thought all the time. As we mentioned before, we humans tend to stick at things that are easy and procrastinate away from things that require effort, and here was a prime example. The solution, so I thought, was to simplify the folder structure that I was using. Can't recall where I discovered the idea, but what I ended up settling on was a technique that reduced my folders down to just three. They were one, to do, two to archive. Three, hold. If an email turned up in my inbox and I wasn't ready to deal with it, I would put it in the to-do folder. Anything that I was finished with but wanted to keep around went into the archive folder. And if there was something that I needed to hang on to temporarily, say it had some details of an upcoming event or something like that, then I'd move it into the on-hold folder. Guess what happened? I had a really clean inbox. Yeah, inbox zero was achieved in principle, However, I had an ever-increasing set of emails that just built up in one of those other three folders. I actually didn't achieve inbox zero at all. I just hid all the email junk out of sight. It wasn't dealt with. Oh well, back to the drawing board. So here we are in 2020, and I'm back at inbox zero again. This time, it took me several weeks to clear out all those folders. Right now, as I write this, I'm looking at a grand total of 13 emails in my account. The inbox is empty and the rest are on hold waiting for action to be taken by others before I can delete them. The approach I'm taking this time is a combination of two folders. The first one is called hold and the other one is called to archive. So I've trimmed it down. What's helped me this time though is I'm using an external task tracking system. I use a product called Trello to take care of the things I need to work on each day. It's really cool. It's pretty simple. You just drop tasks in there and have a bunch of columns one after the other and then you drag things from left to right through your workflow, whatever makes sense to you, and when they get all the way to the right, they're done. So here's how this new system's working for me at the moment. When I check my emails, I basically action each one of them on the spot if I can. Anything I need to store long-term gets put in the To Archive folder. And so far, I've been pretty good at clearing this out every few days. I continue to use the On Hold folder in the same way as before, and for emails that need me to do something which I'm not ready to focus on, I send them over to Trello, which I then use to take over the duty of tracking each unfinished piece of work. I'll talk about how I use Trello in another episode, I think. So right now, Inbox Zero is working for me. Each day, I've been able to limit my email processing down to mornings and afternoons, and I'm pretty happy knowing that there is nothing nagging away at me in a gigantic pile of message chaos. Being at Inbox Zero has, once again, definitely freed me up to focus on the other things that I need to, and I'm thankful for that. I've been able to reduce down the amount of time I spend in email each day. Like I said before, Inbox Zero isn't for everyone. However, if you're the type of person that thinks you would benefit from a bit more order in your life and a bit more freedom to actually focus on building your products, I'd encourage you to give Inbox Zero a go. It's quite possible that you'll end up reverting back to your old ways just like I did several times. But each time you give it a go, you'll definitely end up with a nice productivity boost as a result. Well, there you have it folks that's the end of the episode shout outs this week go to ray tomlinson ray was an american computer programmer who was credited as being the pioneer of email um he was working on a system called arpanet which is a precursor to the internet back in 1971 and he was one of the first people that came up with the use of the at symbol to um separate a username from the source of their machine and then sending a message to someone using that approach So, good on you, Ray. (laughs) Love it or loathe it, we've got the system that gets messages to each other. And we're thankful for that. To find out more about anything I mentioned today, head on over to the show notes at speakingofproducts.com. If you have a question, feedback or suggestions for a topic, I'd love to hear from you. I also welcome short snippets about your own product journey, which we can go through on the show. You can reach me via Twitter at speakofproducts or Mr. Dan Miller. Subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Speaking of Products. If you enjoy the show, it'd mean a lot to me and other potential listeners if you would please consider giving a rating. Ratings help other people find out about the show, so take a moment now and visit Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify and let us know what you think. Speaking of Products is a creation of Miller Productions. I'm Dan Miller and you're a fantastic product maker. All the best with whatever you're working on and remember to keep Speaking of Products. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.